Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I am one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, what up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. DJ D Miles is MIA. Getting his ass fixed. Getting his ass fixed. <laughs> last minute, a last minute ass fix, by the way. Yeah. Told me yesterday I need to get my ass fixed. Um, all right, so we have a special guest today. I don't know, like I spoke to this person very briefly. And, you know, like, they're kind of, you know, we were like, we want you on. They're like, oh, shit, you want us on? I actually flew over here to Las wow. Vegas wow. to come out here. And, um, you know, he's- For he's, us. For us, of all people. Yeah, why? Why is for that? Us. Probably, little us. Little us. I don't know. You we, we ain't shit. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> little bullshit podcast. Maybe he needs to get away from the wife or the city. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, I got to do this podcast. But anyway, this guy's a master content creator. Mm-hmm. I would say a very like he is a master of his craft and he's mm-hmm. creating he's created some viral content. Yeah. Um just to name a few stats, right? He's got like twenty thousand subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He's got three hundred thousand followers on TikTok. <sighs> about yeah. almost probably around Damn. almost six million likes, you know, on uh on TikTok. On TikTok. Uh-huh. I mean this guy's like a TikTok wonder. Yeah. You know, and I I think he probably just started being on TikTok in twenty twenty. So this is like stats that we're looking at for maybe a two years or so, mm-hmm. if if that. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy, man. Um, but and dare I say he is maybe one of the biggest wedding DJs in the country right now? I'll put it out there. Yeah, right. I mean from from the social media stats, it's looking like that. I don't know about yeah. rates and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, wow. But as, as let's far not as, get into as, that. As far as like viral moments and viral videos, and this guy, you know, he's got like a fucking. TV news uh, casters talking about him, and he's mm-hmm, everywhere. Yeah. He had a lot of DJs talking about him. A lot him. of DJs yeah, yeah. talking about him. He's got his own. He's uh, he's got his own cult following of wedding DJs and army. Yeah, you know a whole yeah. like whole whole bunch of motherfuckers just following this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. All these wedding <laughs> DJ instead of the Beehive, the Nick Hive. <laughs> I mean, we have dirty. We have dirty Jersey zone. Nick Spinelli, what's good, Nick? Nick what's, what's up, good. what's up, man? Thanks for coming guys. through, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. You, you were shocked to be on this because you think we just only interview club DJs, right? You do only interview club DJs. Right. That's a damn fact. I'm yeah. no, I, I'm pretty sure. Have you had another wedding DJ? Is there another? Like, full a, time. Now, a full, full time. time. Not a full time. I will say for the first time this year, we've had club DJs or uh, you know DJs that kind of built a business of wedding. And we yeah. talked about weddings a little bit more. So there's been a general interest on weddings a little bit. It's just so foreign mm-hmm. to uh, club DJs. Uh, you know, we've been going, we've been doing these live events in different cities. We did South by Southwest. We did like Dreamville Fest. We did uh, a couple events here in Vegas. And we even asked some of these DJs, like we, we asked these DJs, these club DJs at these events, we asked them what's harder to do, a club night or a wedding? And what they say? They all said wedding. Yeah, man. But it's but it's <laughs> but <laughs> I will say, right? It's foreign to a club DJ, so that's why it seems harder. Mm-hmm. Just like a club might be foreign to a wedding DJ. You know what I'm saying? But once you've had the experience, and I think especially with a wedding, I feel like once you've built a formula and you've built like you know, an infrastructure of things, it, it just kind of flows and it becomes more about, you know what I mean? One thing you got to think of when yeah. it comes to like clubs and weddings, like the biggest difference is when you go to a club, 
people that go out to clubs, they're going to a club, they're paying the cover, they got on the list, they whatever, they got in the club because they want to dance, they want to party, they want to get drunk, they want to have a great time. Mm -hmm. You know, Gina, this is our night, we're going to party, we're going to dance with all the girls, we got our sashes on, whatever. Like, that's what you get at clubs, right? You get people that are going out to have a great ass time. When it comes to weddings... You don't. You have people, of course, that are going there to celebrate the love and celebrate the marriage, and they want to have a great time. But you also have a portion of the crowd. Sometimes it's a bigger portion, sometimes a smaller portion, but there is always a portion of a wedding crowd that is there to be polite. That is there because if they don't show up, they're assholes. Mm-hmm. Aunt, Do- Aunt Donna that hasn't been to a club or never been to a club in her life. She's going to go to her, you know, niece's wedding. She's never danced. She don't go out. She don't do shit. Mm -hmm. How do you get aunt Donna to dance? And like, so the dynamic of the crowd is way different between weddings and clubs. And that's why I personally do think that I'm not saying like clubs are easy or like, you know, like what y'all do or just in general, like is nothing's easy, but I think weddings are a little more difficult because of that. You know, you, you, you don't, you don't have that same dynamic as clubs. Yeah, I think, I think. listen, I think any part of the industry is difficult. Do you know what I'm saying? I think even being a bathroom attendant is difficult. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you have to master being a bathroom attendant. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I have the right mix. Motherfuckers throwing you up in the toilet, taking shits, splattering everywhere. When they hold your hair back. Yeah. Every, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think there's an art to getting tipped, you know, throwing the napkins so it swirls and yeah. it lands on your hand. <laughs> You know, gotta have the right pe- that is peppermint. Lit. I think <laughs> the right gum, peppermint, right, the right gum, <laughs> the right cologne. You know what I'm saying? You have yeah. that fucking, you know, that you know, you have that suitcase yeah. of treats that you have to lug yeah. everywhere. Uh-huh. You know, treats. Yeah. You know, I, you know, they have that fucking carry-on bag know, that they have to bring up. Look, every aspect of any business, you have to master it. From the bartender to the bar back to security, yeah. you have shitty security. You're gonna have more fights. Mm-hmm. A security guy who's an- antagonizing beef and making shit worse. It's mm-hmm. fucking up everything. Yeah. But I, I do definitely think, so I think you are right, you know, it's that weddings are very different from nightclubs. And I think one of the, I think maybe the biggest thing with the wedding is dealing with the fact that it's someone's like lifetime moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. a nightclub is like, you know, that's a weekly thing. It's yeah. like people are going out. You might have some people that go out regularly. And then, you know, you have all kinds of other things that go into a nightclub. But the whole wedding thing is that it's someone's moment of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I think that the pressure of that, I think a lot of nightclub DJs don't know how to deal with it. And I think once you've been doing it for I don't know how long, five to 10 years or 15 years, you you kind of know how to navigate yourself in those situations and now to like. It's scary. And if you overthink it, if you really think about it, it's like, wow, like she's been thinking about this like her whole life and she's been dreaming about this. Like you can really get in your own head and be like, oh my God, oh my God, I cannot like, like there's no room for error whatsoever. And there really, I guess isn't, but you got to like not, I don't know. And it really depends because like I've I've had homies that actually like a friend of mine, I'm not going to put his name on blast, but he, he had someone hit him up to do a wedding. He's like, you know, just letting you know, I don't do weddings. Mm-hmm. And she gave him a list of songs. He's like, I'm not that type of wedding DJ. I'm just going to go on and do what I do. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, you know what? You do whatever you do. Because at that point, it became more of a stature figure. He became more of a stature figure for the wedding, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Kind of like I was able to get this DJ that everybody knows, and he does all these big events, and he's doing my wedding now. It's a flex. It's a flex. So mm-hmm. at that point, it just became all about the flex and not about the crowd. Because mm-hmm. at that point, she's just like, I don't give a fuck. Because this guy is the number one dude, 
and he's doing my wedding, so fuck everybody. I think that's a major key with yeah. charging more for weddings. Um, like higher-end brides, a lot of people don't realize, like higher-end brides want DJs that they can brag about. Like that's why, why do higher-end brides, like why do rich people do anything? Why do they buy the Tessie? Why do they buy the Louis Vuitton bag? Whatever, it's just the flex. Like, you know what I mean? The same reason why they, they're not gonna, they'll spend extra for a DJ when they can say, look, I have this DJ and you can check out this, 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 and this is him. Like it's something to point at, something right. to flex at. Like that's the major key. Like that's how you break into the higher-end market. When you become something, you try and become something that they can kind of brag about. You are, know? You, are you one of the top tiers in New Jersey? I think so. I in the mean, East Coast, what I, should I say? The East Coast, to my knowledge. So you're the top. I, I don't. I mean, I, no, I haven't. Come on, just answer. Just like, what do you think? You think you're the top? I think I'm up there. Okay. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know for a fact. I mean, who knows? There, there, there might be some sleeper out there that don't. You know, he just word of mouth. You know, twenty grand a wedding <laughs> for no reason. Uh, well, like I, I think I think rates are different. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. I haven't seen a a wedding DJ that blew up on social media. Does that make sense? You yeah. might be the first. Yeah. You know, uh, does that make, you know what I'm saying? Like a uh, crossover. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple DJ. big, there's a couple big YouTubers, big, not big. I mean, our, our niche is so small. So like a big right. YouTuber, like, like I have it, 20 like something it, thousand subs. Like the bigger ones have like 50 something, 70 something. It's, 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 Cleveland, it's, it's Cleveland Terry, a wedding DJ. No, he does a lot of, mi- he does weddings, but he does, he does mostly like events, corporate yeah, and like mitzvahs. Parties, he right. does like super high end mitzvahs. Like he does like Adam Sandler's kids mitzvahs you know what i mean like that type shit like he does like all that la type shit see that's a whole he's a whole other i don't do mitzvahs at all fuck a mitzvah there was a mitzvah (laughs) that's scary to me hell no i i think i did one and it was like it was just the most dysfunctional thing so scared first of all the whole room smells like onions because none of these motherfuckers (laughs) wear deodorant number one number two you got to please the parents the kids wait who are you talking about in between i'm talking about a mitzvah you got a bunch of 13 year olds in there they all stink. They're all demanding this. And then you also have to play for the parents. And it's like this whole, like this whole, I don't know. The, the mitzvah thing is like a whole nother level. I did a bar mitzvah yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. You have and, to. And the kids, it was at a lounge in Manhattan that they rented out after the, the ceremony. And these kids are wilding out. They're like, broke, they went downstairs into the basement, broke into the um, cage and started drinking the liquor. The liquor cabinet. <laughs> the liquor cabinet. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. I mean, and like, then they was coming up to you. They was asking, like I, t- I told you this before, they was asking for Rough Riders, mm-hmm. Anthem, um, what's the Juvenile and- um, Crack that ass up? No, Juvenile and on Down bad. Uh, down bottom. Down bottom. This was before the hour had just come out and these kids was asking for that song. Right. It's like, this is pop? This is good right now? Now they're in the clubs buying bottles asking for like old yeah. ass shit. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why does your old ass want this? <laughs> so wait, so you're scared of mitzvahs, huh? Bar mitzvahs. Oh yeah, I won't go yeah. near one. That's crazy. Yeah, I want to do, I don't care how so much wait, you So wait, I want a straight answer. So in your opinion, what's harder to do? What's, is, it, is it harder to be a wedding DJ or a club DJ? In your opinion. A wedding DJ, in my you opinion. You think so? In my opinion. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Do you, so, do you still walk in like scared every time you do a wedding or are you kind of like, oh, I got this shit on the bag? I mean, I still get like, it depends on the wedding. Like some weddings are set up to be like a slam dunk. Some weddings like, all right, there's going to be a hard time. That's another thing. Like you got a wedding with 250 people in a medium sized ballroom. I know it's going to be packed to the gills. And then I get in there and then I see the crowds young and they're loud and everything else. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be a, a rager. Like all I got to do is just knock out these formalities, make sure everything's perfect. I'm going to throw down. I know what the couple wants. I can tell like what age they are. Is going to be fine. You know what I mean? But then there's other ones. You walk in, it's 80 people. 
and you know they're old and they're just they sit down and they're just looking around and they're like they're you know what i mean it's like holy shit how the fuck am i gonna get these people to dance like there's different levels to it but it's just there's so many variables there's so many things that can go wrong if something goes wrong it, the the stakes are so much higher you know your music goes out at a club it sucks and you're gonna get yelled at and i mean you know whatever like and you figure it out but like if your music goes out at a wedding depending on the time it could be det- it could ruin your yeah. ruin your whole shit if your music goes out there in the first dance and then they they go on those these bridal groups and facebook and they go on what would you know wedding wire and the knot and be like yo this motherfucker we hired him we paid all this money and and he ruined our first dance da, da, da. you gone you that's, gone that's never you better change your name you better you better have a whole new motherfucking alias <laughs> you're gone <laughs> that's like never happened yelp. to you though right it's like the yelp review knock on wood it uh oh. uh my biggest mistake ever I told the story on my show before. Uh, my biggest mistake ever, it was about 12 years ago. I had a first dance. I was doing this wedding. It was for this girl from my college. She was in my business class in college. It was in a gymnasium. And I announced them in. She wanted to come into this Disney song. And I downloaded. I was I was just stupid back then. I had my main laptop with my like virtual DJ or whatever. Then I had my other laptop over here with my iTunes and I downloaded the Disney song off iTunes and I had this here. So like her entrance song was on iTunes here. I played it on channel three out of four channel mixer. And then I played her first dance song on channel two over here. I left this shit playing and then it played went to the next song and I listened to metal when I work out. So during the first dance channel fully up, it went to this metal song called uh, it was the plot in you. It's called the father seed. And it was the worst possible song could ever went to because not only was it like a screamo mental, but like the song starts out with like a phone call. It's like, like can I bring this up real quick? <laughs> the only way, like the only way I got to like literally show you the song. This is what played. And I didn't, ca- I'll, sh- I'll tell you when I caught it, like I didn't catch it for so long because it was like weird. I was like, what the fuck is that? They're doing their first dance. Like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Do you hear that? Do you hear that? What, what is that? I'm pregnant. <laughs> All right, so about there is when I discovered it was on channel three and I had to turn it off. This blasted through my 15-inch JBL Eons. I'm pregnant. No. And that sounded like shit. That came out of iPhone. Like, I'm talking bass, like, full fucking. <laughs> oh, shit. That was my biggest fuck up ever at wedding. Like I wanted fa- to die. Was it like the father-daughter dance or some it shit? It was the first dance. It was first bride dance. and groom first dance. Oh. <laughs> I went up to him after. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'll give you a refund. Everything. Da-da-da. They're like, no, it's cool. We thought it was funny. Like, And uh, they were just cool yeah, about it. It's not that bad. I felt like, not that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Bro, if I did that at one of my weddings now, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but you're in a gymnasium, too, you know? So I mean, yeah. So it was a different level back then. <laughs> So stupid. As soon as he said it's in a gymnasium, yeah. I'm like, Crooked's in first. Yeah, the second I said gymnasium, Crooked's like, oh, this is a bullshit ass way. I don't give a fuck about this. I would, as soon as, if I walked into, if I walked to an old motherfucker's wedding and it was in gymnasium, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Take your like, fuck up. I could have wore shorts. What the fuck? Why not wear a suit to this shit? <laughs> yeah, you good, man. You good. But, but yeah, that was my biggest mistake, but uh, so I'm, I'm kind of wondering with the, with like, uh, with you as a wedding, you've always been a wedding DJ, right? Pretty much. I, uh, yeah, I, I started out, uh, 15, I got hired as an assistant, mm-hmm. uh, to like roll wires and assist a wedding DJ, like, right. you know, setting yeah. up, breaking down. And then he trained me and then I was doing sweet 16s and weddings by the time I was 16. And then once I got my license when I was 17, that's when I really started doing weddings. Once I can drive, like my mom was bringing me to weddings and sweet 16s for a while, like until I got my license. 
So at what point, because I feel like the nightclub and the wedding, uh, like a crowd that would be at a wedding, right? And a crowd that would be at a nightclub. Mm -hmm. I I feel at some point it kind of intermingled a little bit. It did. You know what I'm saying? So I want to ask you, at what point do you think it intermingled? And let me explain this a little bit. It's where a wedding crowd wanted a nightclub experience, but it's also the nightclub became just a little more cheesy and sing-along, similar to a wedding where all of these wedding songs just started becoming a little bit more acceptable. And it started, obviously, when they just started letting everyone into clubs and like the clubs just became more bigger yeah, and everything like yeah. that. Whereas like in the early 2000s, like in New York, it was very like exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like, it was yeah. hard to get in. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, yo, we need motherfuckers to get in. As long as you got money. Yeah, yeah. So then, it, it, and then everything just changed. But it's like a wedding DJ. Like that's why a lot of club DJs that I know, they're like, I'm a wedding DJ now because they just all their sets are like kind of popping right now. All these old two thousand sets, the throwbacks. Yeah, all these throwback sets that they were hitting and they were doing it like the club mm-hmm. are registering to these new newlyweds who are getting married now. They're like, oh, this is like what we grew up on yeah. when we were going out. We were hearing this shit. All you got to do is throw in a couple of new joints, maybe you know, update certain mixes. Yep, and yeah. you're kind of in there. But I want to kind of know when there, it, there was a point, and I'm sure you saw it where it was just like, oh, the no one wants this old school wedding shit no more. It's like it's intermingling, right? A little bit. I don't know. Correct. Yeah, I, I would say early 2010s. Um, when I first started doing weddings, I, I didn't even mix. The, the person who trained me didn't know how to mix. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, he, it was just like you teach dances and you like blend the next song together. And then I discovered AM when I was like 16. And AM uh, kind of blew me away because like he played a lot of my wedding stuff, but he mixed it crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like he was playing like mm-hmm. literally the twist and, and, and Michael Jackson and shit like that. So that's how I identified because I was a wedding DJ. So I was like, wow, he's literally playing the shit I play only like he's doing it so dope. So that's what made me like, I got to like learn how to mix. And that's when I really got into mixing. And I started mixing early on when I started mixing and stuff. I remember trying to like quick mix and getting yelled at in the late 2000s at weddings. And it was like kind of a struggle. Like it would like it was a niche crowd that really wanted the quick mixing. But then like but like most of the time you had to kind of leave that second verse on and kind of make it work. And then in the early 2010s is when I started like, you know, you get better and better, whatever. And then like I really started like, you know, having routines and like, you know, like, you know, wordplay and like type of like trying to get creative with my mixes. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't request it, but when I did it, it was like, wow, that's so much different than every other DJ. Like every other wedding we've been to, we really like this. And that's how I was able to kind of like build that up. And it wasn't until, so like they liked it, but they didn't request it. It wasn't until I would say 2015, 2016, 2017, in that mid 2010s range, mm-hmm. where I started getting couples coming into meetings and they're like, hey, listen, just out of curiosity, do you play the whole song? Do you like when you like, you know, play music, do you like mix it or, you know, like they, 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 they don't know how to explain themselves. Like they don't know what they're talking about, right. but like they try and say, you know, cause like when we go out, we like, you know, we don't really like the whole, the whole song play. We kind of like it. Like we've been to weddings before where like to play the whole song. We like it really where it's like, you know, just the best parts da, 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 and they try and like put it in their own words. Right. It was only like maybe 2016, I would say. 2017, I started getting those requests. And now it's all the time. Like now, a couple, nobody wants a line dance. Nobody wants interaction. They just throw down like a club. That's like, at least with my clientele. I mean, it's regional. You know, you go to one of the, um, I don't call them like a flyover state, but you go to like Minnesota, you know, or Nebraska. It's a little different. They're usually like five, 10 years behind. 
uh, when it comes, you know, is it, at least for what I hear from other wedding DJs, they kind of, uh, you know, they say that, you know, wait. So I feel like weddings are five years, five or ten years behind. You're saying that mid, like Midwest states are even more. Oh behind? yeah. So like metropolitan so, so areas. Like 10, so they're like ten to fifteen years behind. Correct. So metropolitan <laughs> areas. So New Jersey. Wait, wait, am I wrong to say that wedding DJ, like the the catalog for wedding DJs, are about five to ten years, a little bit. Or a little bit, they're more, a little more new now. It's a little more new now. Only in metropolitan areas, yeah. though. You got to realize, like New Jersey, we're right outside of New York City, Philly, Baltimore, Washington D.C. We are heavily influenced by Metro, Atlantic City, right. the whole shore. So I play peak hour records at my weddings. You know what I'm saying, and it works. But if you go outside of the metropolitan areas, if you're not like you know, you know, near a big city, if you're in the middle of nowhere type shit, right. yes, it is ten years behind, fifteen years behind. You cannot play certain things you were expected to play line dances still but i still think that like if dj's like broke out and that's why i try and like my channel and stuff and i try and promote like if dj's like took chances mixed faster stop doing all that cheesy bullshit like they would they would create a niche for themselves like people want that where wherever you're at they're gonna want that and you're gonna create your own little like wow this dj's different than all these other people you know what i mean like it's a great way to set yourself apart even though like it's still the standard where because the at. dj the dj that taught you the wedding dj that taught you right mm-hmm I feel like they were the generation of first time DJs at weddings. Correct. Because it was all bands before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then all yeah, of a yeah. sudden, some guy came through and fucked over all these bands, right? <laughs> fucked over all the shitty bands. The you got to remember the shitty bands. If you were a shitty band and you charged $1,500, you got the gig all day until DJs came out. When DJs came out, they're like, yo, we'll do it for $1,500. We'll do it for 1000 whatever. Right. But we have all the actual music. You're not even that good at your instrument then you're going to go with the DJ over the shitty band every day. Like, you know what I mean? The good bands stayed in business, but the shitty bands... Sorry, I'm not even... No, I, no, I talk with no, my hands like no, crazy. No, no, no. <laughs> as long as you don't hit me, you're good. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Never, never. 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 Don't just sl- like, <laughs> slap me in my face. They made me get closer early, yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to... But the shitty bands took a big a big hurt because yeah. it, it no, no, was, the ahead. shitty bands were the same price as the DJs. Move your hands and shit. You good, man. You're not... He's sitting in his hand. Be as jersey as you want to yeah, be yeah. right I, know. <laughs> <laughs> never like, fuck. I, want, I want you to be as jersey as you can be you know what i mean yeah. Good, man. bring that dirty jersey yeah. shit all over here um but then right. like there wasn't they both the they had both the bands and the djs at weddings no like you just starts off with a band I thought, yeah, it's and all then, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. DJ comes, comes on later on. That's some big money shit, though. I feel yeah, like. no? sometimes, yeah. Like, um, but the thing with that is, like, if a DJ's off on a Saturday and he's doing a band break for a couple hundred bucks, he's not that great. You know what I mean? The, the only the higher end, if you if you're doing Christina Aguilera's wedding and she has the craziest band, at, you're going in between Maroon Five and some like you know, then obviously like uh, right. that would be in a low. But like any of the usually bands do their own thing. They have playlists in between, and if they do have a DJ in between, you know, they're just kind of like just getting their feet wet, kind of. Thing. Okay. You know, they're just starting out. So wait, you're part of like some crew, right? This is what the SCE event group. SCE events. SCE okay. event group. Yeah. Okay. I went on this website. Yeah. It's very expansive. There's a lot of services provided on this website. You know. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, it's just a, there's a lot going on. We, you guys put a lot of work into that website. A lot of production. A lot of uh, a lot we do of a lot of production. We do uh, we do booths like photo booths and stuff. But like yeah, it's a uh, who's the founder? The, the founder is what Jason Janney. Janai. Janai. Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure I get that right. Jason yeah. Janai. Jason Janai. Okay, yeah. and it's called SCE Events. Yep. And you're like the what? The Michael Jordan of the, all the... They have a whole <laughs> bunch of DJs on there, right? Are you I mean, Jordan? I don't know. Are you Shaquille? Uh, Who are you? Kobe? 
Who listen, are you? Listen, you pa- are you Patrick Ewing? LeBron. Nah. LeBron. <laughs> LeBron James. I'm, I'm the young guy that's grinding. Like, Jeff's, they have Jeff Scott Gold. He's, like, the greatest wedding DJ I've ever seen in my life. Like, okay. you know, Jason Jan, I crush his shit. Like, he's so good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I learned so much from those guys. Well, a big reason why I joined that company was because, like, they were crushing it in, our, like, in New Jersey. So what did they recruit? I wanted to learn did from they them. recruit you, or how does that no, work? No, Jason Jan, I put up a Facebook post saying he's looking for people, and I reached out, you know, behind my boss's back. I reached out, and I, I was, you know, I... I, I I and said I was trying to, huh? yeah, yeah. And I, I jumped ship. I wow. was working for a South Jersey company there in like Central Jersey, and I jumped ship. And and then like, as so you part have of it, you have to work for a company. No. If you're doing a wedding, like no. you couldn't you couldn't be on your own. I could, but like I, I don't. I, I'm not good at the business shit, man. Like I, I don't want to like I don't want to book myself. I don't want to deal with contracts. I don't want to deal with. So like, they're any like of an that. agency, correct? And oh, that's wow. and that's what I love about SCE. <laughs> But that's what I love about SCE. Jason Janai runs it like a booking agency. Right. Like he, he pays a percentage and he and we have our own production. I do my own lights, my own clouds. Everyone, my own, everyone has their different rates. Uh, yeah, we have different rates. Like we have different tier levels or whatever. And we all have our own crew. Like that's Santi, it. shout out to Santi. He works full time for me. Like he, right. he's my main assistant. And like he works for me every gig. I pay him out direct. Like it's like a booking agency. Like we, we own our own. There's no micromanaging. There's no like picking up company shit. Like it's like all my own shit. Like everything. And do do. Because I, I looked at the roster of DJs. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like everyone's wearing a black suit and a black shirt. That's because they told us to do that. Yeah, yeah, no. But you guys look Uniform. like, you guys look what like. What you expect them to wear? Yeah. <laughs> a wine shirt. For a wedding? <laughs> no, yeah, but wait, when you, you see you, it. You want a sequin jacket? <laughs> but when you see them all together, right? Yeah. Like the, maybe like 12 or 15 guys all in 11. black suits and black shirts. Yeah. They look like this scary gang of like superhero limo drivers you know what i'm saying like because they're just all in black shirt because you know limo drivers wear the black shirts and everything mm-hmm. but they look tough they look like some of them look like they did some time like, like, like the, it looks scary at the mafia like yeah that. it looks like some like they look like they look like they look like i don't know i wouldn't trust them to do my wedding some it's of those some of those faces had too much character they've been around the block a few times no, but I, I was like, I was looking at this crew, and I was looking at the site. By the way, if you're gonna if you're gonna launch a wedding DJ site, this is the site to, this is the reference site. Oh, it's really nice. SCE events. <laughs> <laughs> you see that shit? <laughs> <laughs> you want to trust them? Okay. Yeah, they look like yeah. they did look like they do some shit. Yeah. Like if there was a website to be like, he'll take your life. If like yo, yo I, shout out OGPK will take your life right here. I'd be like, yo, I need, I need a hitman, right? I need a hitman. I'm about to say after <laughs> after gig they go collect money from somebody that owes the boss money. They definitely, they definitely look like they're enforcers of some kind. Oh right? hell yeah, man. I can kind of it's like hire hire hitman or or like a security limo driver guy with the, with a like you know who's also an arm who's who has like a license for uh, carrying conceal right yeah. like this motherfucker can blow some heads off hell Pause. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so wait yeah this is great so you I'm go just a picture in that group like coming after you if you did some fucked up shit yeah like we on I'll you. be scared as fuck man. I'm just I'm, I'm thinking of if I'm with my my fiance and we're looking at these DJs. I'm like I don't know. I don't trust this guy. This guy. Looks, <laughs> this guy looks. This guy scary. looks scary. This guy looks scary. See if my boss Jason's listening to this. see that we can't be wearing black on black, bro. We gotta think, switch it up. I think it's the black shirt and the black yeah. jacket. You need like a, a white yeah. shirt, a white and a tie shirt at least. And a white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. black shirt and the black 
Yeah, like yeah. this guy Jeff looks really presentable in here. Yeah, but that's not what they look like in that <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, they definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Nick's. Uh, it was, it was like uh, you know, it's like a it's like so. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna say anything else. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm not. I don't want to get hurt when I go to Jersey. Yeah, yeah. one of these guys. Uh, like, they be waiting for you. Nick looks like a muscle here, bro. He looks yeah, like but that's not the that's not the pictures that they have. <laughs> that's not. Show him the pictures. Turn it around. Let me see. He, he can't see it. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you call? It? Yo, so I, I'm gonna say this. I went to the site. Right, you guys are running north, south, central, and Jersey and Jersey Shore. Right. Yeah. Um, and everywhere. I mean, you know, and yo, like look at look at this list. So you guys don't even. All, it's not only DJs you offer. You're offering. Lightscaping, which is atmosphere lighting, hmm. party lighting, club lighting, right? Photo booth. Monograms, logos, media screens, CO2 cannons, photo booths, musicians, event capture photographers, videographers, live streaming, uh, event design, DJ furniture, gymnasts. Gymnasts. They have this. They have. A, they have another service as dance on the clouds. Where motherfuckers, there's a there's a machine that makes clouds on the floor. It's a low lying fog. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and then they got another. They they got they controlling the weather here. They controlling clouds and snow. Like you have snow in there too. Wow. <laughs> oh shit! I'm looking at the picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the fireworks inside. I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah. I, oh, oh wait, it's a fireworks yeah. inside. <laughs> it's like the, the spark. They're cold sparkler. Meanwhile, fans. I'm watching this and I'm like, damn, I want a wedding. You know, like. I'm <laughs> saying, I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want gymnasts and shit. Yeah, we're gonna hit up Nick for your wedding. So, so, so you're like, this is a one stop shop. See events. This guy, uh, I want clouds in the, on my wedding. <laughs> clouds in the floor. <laughs> Look at Jason, like girls. Jason Janai, right? Yeah, he's been doing this how long now? This is his whole company. He, he put this all together. He started you? the company in 2009. 2009. Oof. Yeah, and just stack in all of these services, and you and just like. Just kind of like we it's, love it's production. Great, right? Like production kind of elevates the whole experience. So right. when we do live fusion, so we work with like live like musicians, like saxophonists, percussionists, violinists, like electric violinists. Yeah. They hook up through our shit and they'll play with us like and during you, dance and you're sets. Just and building stuff. building these contacts over decade, you know, yeah, a decade, and and then you're just uh, making note, making it available pretty much. It's, yeah, it's we, impressive. We just want to be like you know anything we can do to kind of elevate the whole experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's impressive. You know? I'm looking at this it is right dope, now. Dope, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like if you if it's kind of letting every person know who wants to have a wedding reception that they can have las vegas at their wedding reception right yeah 100 like you could have excess you, you yeah. we have the club djs we got the lighting we got everything yep. we got all of this shit yep. pays everything yeah, yeah we do it's just we gonna cost legit. them a month like everything just costs a little bit more, more. right because it's all mobile, so yeah. we can we can transform any space, which is cool. You know what I mean? We bring all this mobile. I'm wildly impressed. I mean, it's... How long you been with you this know? company, uh, Nick? I started in 20... Uh, Cinco de Mayo, 2017. I just hit my uh, five-year anniversary. Congratulations, bro. Thank you, thank you. Impressive. And then, so, so during this time, right, like you're building the TikTok, you're on social media, you're doing a YouTube. You've probably been doing YouTube lo much longer, right? You, YouTube, I started uh, August of 2019. TikTok, I just started two months ago. Okay. What? That's it? TikTok's brand new. I had a oh, really. Wait, 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 I, I, wait, wait, I saw wait, wait, videos wait. from 2020. So right? I, I, so I started a TikTok. I made a. The only reason I started TikTok was to do a video on it, and I'm like, yo, I really think TikTok might be the future. You know what I mean? And then like, I did a bunch of dumb videos, and then I posted a bunch of routines on there. Uh, like, I did, not a bunch, but maybe like six or seven little routines, right. mashups and shit, like stuff like that. Ideas. Nothing ever popped off, and I abandoned TikTok altogether. Right? I just gave up on it. So I was you started. On YouTube. You started at the top of 2020. 
Um, I think yeah, it might mid twenty twenty somewhere around there. Yeah, because I, I did some was research. it the top of twenty twenty? I did yeah. some research because I think it was literally January first of twenty twenty. You posted like a New Year's Eve thing. So yeah, okay, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, because right? we had that crazy wedding. Yeah, so we yeah. did that. Yeah, and then if you look, like all my videos, I mean, I who a, has a wedding on New Year's Eve? Right, that's crazy. It, but they're so over the top. Like right. she wanted penguins at that wedding, literally right. penguins, like to be in there, and, and she ended up getting the Rockettes. We had the Rockettes live perform at that wedding. Crazy. It was not yeah. that was an over the top. And it's it's always it's always the the <laughs> it's always the bride, right? Uh, that wants for the, the most do, part. Yeah, you never you never get a. Uh, like a, a, a groom, like rarely. That's fanatical. Right? Very, 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 very rarely. It happens, but it's very, very rare. Wow. That bride won all. Yeah, we yeah. we for that wedding we had a fucking. Um, I rented this. Uh, I got this uh, con uh, confetti cannon, the same shit they use for the Super Bowl. You literally hook it up to a fucking um, uh, CO two, uh, like like a fifty pound CO two tank, okay. and I put fifteen pounds of confetti. Which, like, if you think about, it, that's a lot of confetti. That's so fifteen cool. pounds of confetti in this bitch, and then CO two tank. Whoo, Literally, the venue hated us. We were in this ballroom in like Dover, Delaware, and they're like sweeping up after, like literally just looking at us, like "fuck you, motherfuckers." <laughs> like we made the biggest mess ever that day. Um, but no, so TikTok, I, um, I, I, uh, I posted a couple of videos in 2020. You'll see they're all sporadic, whatever. You know, a couple of the routines were in a row. Nothing really popped off, and I abandoned it. I didn't do TikTok at all. Entire 2021, maybe I did one video in 2021. That was it. Like I didn't do shit. I, but it was always in the back of my head. Like I got to do like, and there's other DJs like popping off on TikTok. I'm like, man, I'm fucking sleeping on this. But, but I never wanted to, the DJs that are, that were popping off on TikTok, what they were doing is they were turning on a camera in their crib and they were doing a little mix and they're singing to the camera and they're pointing at the camera and doing all the, you know what I mean? And just like whatever the animated shit, like it's just not my style. Personally. What do you mean you're doing that on the TikToks, bro? So <laughs> all my I literally have questions like, you're really animated, and you make a that's lot of face with this. But, that, but that's that's just me live DJing. You know what I mean? It's different. That's what I was gonna ask. You're naturally animated. Yeah, yeah. like that's just me having a good ass time. It's, it's really your facial expression. Yeah, yeah. You got this one. That's a lot like, of people right? are like, "Yo, you you look like you're having a seizure every time you mix." It's like, you know, is it that hard for you? <laughs> he's like, why does it look like you're straining to pull exactly. the face down? He has this one face where he's like. Like always like this, exactly. but it's that it's that metal face, right? Yeah, the Robert but, De Niro uh, face. Be, because that, I do that, the, the it, guitar face. It's a metal, you know. He yeah. probably was doing that. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but because I do that, um, when I would set up a camera in my room and just do a routine, it felt disingenuous. It's like, all right, well, I'm not live in an event, and I'm kind of like, it just felt weird. I just didn't like the whole. And then, so what changed it for me was I had Chris Villa on my show, and Chris Villa towards the end of the show, we're getting ready to wrap it up, and he's like. He's like, uh, I forget how it even came up. It's it's on the internet. I forget. Okay, I never will listen to it back. But he was just like, I just remember he said, listen, man, Jazzy Jeff said it best. He said, listen, as an artist, you want to die empty. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you want to die empty as an artist? Because we're talking about TikTok and putting posts shit out and all, da, da, da. Because like, also, I didn't want to put Chris shit out on TikTok. on TikTok. Yeah, he is. And, yeah. and I didn't want to push it on TikTok either that like I was always worried about like DJ stealing my routines and shit like that. Wedding DJs like are constantly like kind of look, you know. I didn't want anybody to like kind of steal my shit. And I was, I felt some type of way about that. And he was like, listen, man, like Jazz Jeff always said, like as an artist, you got to die empty. Like when you die, you want to be empty. You want to put everything out there. Like you, you don't want to leave nothing inside. Like that way you put all your artistic shit, like everything you ever thought of is out there in the world. And that's your legacy. And I don't know. It hit me different. And I was like, damn, that's a really good point. And like, we hung up from that conversation 10 minutes later and I was sitting in my room like, damn, he's got a really good point. It's like a really good, like, fuck it. Like maybe I'll just like put these. And I had a live recording. I did a vlog for DJ city. I filmed all this shit for DJ City to do a vlog at one of my weddings. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'll go through his footage and just post some shit on TikTok, like some of my routines, like just some like, 
you know, just my transition, just like a quick clip, of my transition. And then I, the second one I posted went viral and got 28 million views. So like literally the second one I posted, like when I did that, it was March um, 16th when I posted that one that went viral. And then when that went viral, that was lucky. And I was like, holy fuck. And it was, a, it was the Britney that everybody fucking does routine. Yeah. The Miley Cyrus. Yeah. And a Britney know, song was on. Yeah. I was, I like, was going to tell you. And like, I almost didn't post it because I know every DJ fucking does it. And I'm going to get flamed. And I did get flamed. And yada, yada, yada. And oh, and then it's this whole debate of who did it first. And I've been doing this since 2010, whatever. Like, you know, whatever. So I almost did Whatever. It went viral. But then after that, I did hell of research. And I figured out. I tried to figure out how TikTok worked. And like what works and what doesn't work. And then I, I wanted to feed the beast. I had my shit was blowing up. I'm like, I want to give them more of like what they like. And then that's when I just started hammering TikTok and I've been hammering ever since. And I got a few other. How often, often do you post on TikTok? Every day, almost every day. Yeah. I would say five days a week at least, but like, um, like I shoot for every day. And then you've been, uh, you've been doing it just steadily for the last two months. That's it. Interesting. That's it. Before then maybe eight or 10 videos. Yeah. I was going to tell you that like, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, I'm looking at the comments and there's there's a mix of all kinds of people saying you're the most amazing DJ in the world, and other people being like, you sure. know, like this is the most basic shit in the world. Yeah, you know. So like when we hear, when I see a like when I see you posting a video of mixing a Miley Cyrus and a Britney song was on, and a Britney song was on going into Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, no, like yeah. baby, one more time. Baby, hit me one more time, right? Yeah. Um, when I see that, right, mm-hmm. I like I'm not judging you, right? Stop. I'm yes, not you ju- are. First of all, I'm not judging you. <laughs> I'm not judging you. Let it out, I'm, crooked. It's cool. I know. <laughs> no, Listen, no, no. Bro, I get I'm, it. I'm speaking for me and yep. my my own issues. Okay, so yeah. like when I see that, I cringe. Uh-huh. Okay, and I would I think to myself like, oh, I I could never. Post a video like this. I know, and that's why I never but, did but it. But you're, but you're pumped. You're like having a ball. But that was at a wedding, and I right. was just like, you know what I mean. That was like I wasn't pumped for TikTok. I didn't want to post that video. No, but like, like you're, know? you're in, like even if I was DJing that, you could, yeah. I, would, you couldn't see a smile on my face. All you right. know what I mean? Then that's so, perspective. Yeah, you yeah. got to realize that first of all. That's what I'm saying. I'm not judging you. Yeah, I'm just saying for me, I wouldn't post that, and then I wouldn't be able to sell that. Like I was enjoying the shit while I was doing it, you know. And I, first of all, I would never do that mix. But I'm not saying that's that has nothing to do with anything. It's but, the ultimate white girl mix, bro. I know, well, that's that's your, your shit, <laughs> you know. That's a, that's a snow buddy special, bro. All right, I'm ta- I'm trying to tap. I'm into not mad it. at that mix, man. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, Neville. Thank you, Neville. Oh, my God, I got you, man. I got you. I got, I got, <laughs> fam, there's nothing wrong with that mix. Uh-huh. I can't, I won't do that. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, but when I see it being posted, I'm just like, wow, like they, they're posting that. Like, <laughs> good for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's the same thing when you the see. The balls with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I get it. Because the thing is, like, TikTok is not, like, I'm not trying to diss anything you're doing. But all everything that's doing well on TikTok is the most. It's some of the most basic, obvious DJing shit that I we've mean, ever you know because that, there's no you DJs. You know that because you've yeah. been DJing for a long time. Of course, of course. But a lot of these people on TikTok they're new to this shit, and to them it's like brand new. Like it's some like, like you know, oh remember? My God, this is amazing. Or remember, like 2020, there were these DJs that were playing the original samples and then playing yeah. the hip hop song of what was sampled. Yeah. yeah, and they were blowing the fuck up. Uh-huh. And there's still DJs that are doing that that are still blowing the fuck up. Be- 
Or they but now it's like a new generation that's discovering that they didn't, they wasn't doing that before. For sure. until recently. But not even that. There's an old generation that never goes out that are hearing that they're, for the first time. And they mad, right? No, they they're hearing that for the first time. It's all about. just appealing to re- regular folk. See, the, the problem yeah. is, and what I kind of am realizing in the last couple of months, really, because I, I I have the same mindset. I would not, especially as a wedding DJ, I'm very self conscious because I'm a wedding DJ. I have that stigma. So like. I really, really, I work so hard to like be a good DJ, like technically scratching, mixing, all that. Like I want to like. I mean, you're technically really good. You're good. I really want to prove myself, showing like, like you know what I mean. Like I'm not like a like you know I can throw down. I swear to God, type shit, right? So I was always self conscious about that. So I would never post anything super basic. Anything I would always post would be like something that you know the dialed in DJ would like. But then what I'm realizing is is like all these teachers DJs are blowing up. They're blowing up the regular people, and I think DJs overthink the whole, you know, like if a routine's too basic, a DJ doesn't want to post it because it's like, wow, that's, that's, that's basic and it's corny. But like, that's the bridge to get a regular person to get into like liking, listening DJs, like a, like a regular person, they're, they're more likely to like a regular mix rather than this crazy tone play, deep ass word, you know, boomerang out type shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're not going to understand what you're doing. So that's just sounds like noise to them. Whereas like the most, the more simple ideas that are super obvious and the average person will like, and that's our ticket as DJs to appeal to the average group. Most, I would say 95% of my followers on TikTok are regular people. They don't DJ at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of realized. Like I'm trying to appeal to the regular person on TikTok. So like, I'll, like you know, there's some technical things I put on there, but some of the videos that blew up for me really is just a fucking beat mix that was in key that sounded fucking great. That was actually a f- f- phenomenal idea, timing and everything. Like I think it was a good idea, but like it's nothing that's fucking complicated, you know? Because the average person can listen to it, and be like, oh shit, like that's fucking dope. Like you know what I'm saying? And like a lot of DJs overthink that because when you overthink that and you worry about that, you're just worried. Then you're just trying to appeal to like all the other DJs. And there's 10 of us. There's only 10 of us that are going to understand mm-hmm. the crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So like you're never going to blow up. You're just going to blow up amongst DJs. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's how you appeal to the regular people. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm wondering inside. What were the insecurities that you had before? Like in posting these videos? Besides the people, the fact that people are going to steal anything, do you think it was going to hold you back from breaking into like the nightclub scene? A hundred percent. Being more stigmatized as a wedding DJ and stuff like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Being stigmatized as a wedding DJ. Some of the routines I posted that blew up, honestly, weren't the cleanest. Like even the Britney one, when I cut out, it wasn't the cleanest cut out in the world. The only reason why I posted, and I was this close to not doing it. The only reason why I posted it was because of that girl's reaction. That girl had the most perfect fucking like her fucking face lit up when she realized what I was doing. And I'm like, that reaction's gold. I'm like, but oh, I kind of, my transform was a little off at the end. Cause I was, you know, I was drinking at that wedding too. Like I had a broken leg and Santi was driving. So I was fucking hammering some shit at that wedding. And I was like, I was just a little off. And I was like, fuck, like, you know, should I post it? It's not the cleanest routine in the world. So, th- so there's a couple routines in there just because, but I still posted, they're not the cleanest thing in the world, but I still posted because of like crowd reaction or just like the whole overall thing of the video. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. It's good. Has it helped? Has it helped the, the business? It's helped, probably helped a lot, right? 
Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's, it's uh, unbelievable. It's helped SC, SCE events. It helped uh, people probably booking you in particular for events, right? Yeah, I get yeah. so many inquiries from TikTok. So, 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 so many. That's great. And prob- maybe more out of town stuff too. Now, A lot right? of out of town. Right. Yeah. So, have, have you been in office to do um, clubs? Nightclubs? So nothing big, you know, um, like it, the only club offers I've gotten so far were just like, you know, like it, it's another DJ that might watch my videos or something. They're like, yo, I'm a resident at this club. Like, I'll give you my whole pay. You want to come do this club and then we can hang out while you're there. And I'm like, <laughs> nah, not- dog, that's not going to. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my 500 a night and you can hang out and we'll go to a we'll go to a you know, we'll go to a football game while you're here. It'll be great. I'm like, nah, that's that's like, you can stay at my house. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no official shit. But shout out to Double Down, Jason Weiss, Zach Seidman, all AC and all that. I've been. um you know, uh, working with them and, uh, you know, how do you feel when you're in the club DJing? Great. I love it. You love it. I love it. Do you feel like you're at the top? Like you're like, kind of like, I know this room and I can do this room or you're kind of like, I'm the more I do this, the better I get. Correct. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Correct. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. So I'm trying, I'm putting in my groundwork. I'm learning. I'm, I'm trying to perfect the art of opening. Uh, I'm putting a lot into it. And the one thing about us wedding DJs, like we do a lot of planning, <laughs> you know, like I, I'll put hours into my opening set for HQ that I did a couple weeks ago. Like I put hours into that. Like I, I try and think everything out. I, I, I really, I want to be like the best, like I want to put in my ground. I don't want to just like show up and just like, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I want to like really get wait, it wait, down. What's your end goal? What's your end goal? Do you I want to be 50, 50. I want to do 50% clubs, 50% weddings. Just a higher rate at weddings and then just, just doing clubs more often pretty much. Cause Correct. what are you right now? 95% wedding, 5% clubs. Correct. Okay. Yeah. You want, you want even out to 50, 50. I want 50, 50 one day, uh, you know, and I so want what's to, a venue. What's a go to, you want to be in a Vegas venue. You would love to. Oh, DJ I would love that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, one day, you know, yeah, but, yeah. I, but I'll, I'm going to put in the groundwork, man. Like I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I like, I like my whole, I just want to grind it out. But right. you got like Vegas style clubs in AC, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know a lot about Vegas clubs. I've been to a few of them, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know if it's, they call it Vegas style, right? I don't know. Yeah. We do EDM, we do hip hop. It's like super yeah, open format rooms, you know, about, but you yeah. can throw like crazy drops and then you can play like the craziest hip hop, you know, and traps yeah. and everything. So like, yeah. the, the, like, the thing is like in Jersey, like Jersey has always been like, it probably is one of the first fist pumping EDM cities, you know. One, right? of them, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's the one. I mean, it's one of the first. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. it always had that Vegas energy. Yeah. So even when we were doing Atlantic City, or anything, it had that Vegas energy. You can get away with anything in those rooms. Right. You know, that's what's and so they, cool about the, the crowd. The thing is that they're so close to New York, and they listen to like New York radio. Mm-hmm. They, they know the reggaeton. They know the fucking dance hall. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they also have this uh, like added layer of edm that's not like necessarily new york house mm-hmm. but it's like this this fist pumping more like you know techno ravey like what, 92 wktu yeah i mean it's just like it's, it's just, like just different it's yeah. just like shit that you would not hear in like a new york house no. nightclub it's mm-hmm. it's but it's it's high energy in fucking uh in jersey mm-hmm. but they've yeah. always had that shit out there yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it's interesting to me i would like to see how you would uh how you would, um, you know what I'm saying? Navigate that because it's. I feel like everything's changing nowadays. Like the whole scene is changing and stuff. And I, you like a wedding DJ, 
you, you know, I would never, I never would never think that a wedding DJ would blow up on a social media as you did. And it's fun. You know, it's like fun to watch. And it's like, it's interesting how everything's changing. And probably a lot's changed for you in the last maybe two years or less. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Beat source is a big part of it too. But yeah, the, the lines are blurring, you know, like I'm in, like I said, like I'm in a metropolitan area. So a lot of my weddings, they want peak hour sets, like a peak hour set you would play at a nightclub. You mm-hmm. can, most of that you can get away with at a wedding, like where I'm from. And so like, there's right. a lot of crossover now. So me doing clubs, you know, um, I've been getting booked at clubs and stuff and like doing a lot of preparation that I'm discovering all these or rediscovering all these songs. They're like, wow, this would work at a wedding. This would work at a wedding. You know what I mean? So like, there's a lot of crossover there. So like mm-hmm. my, my club sets are helping out my wedding sets and do you get, do you, ever, do you get the chance to go out and listen to other clubs? Like a hundred percent. Well, that's a big part of it. Like I, I, yeah, I go out like every Thursday, almost every Thursday I go out like to AC. And then if I'm off on a Friday or Saturday, I go out, I always go out. Like I want to hear other DJs. I'm like, you know, taking notes. You know, if I hear a song I haven't heard in a while or forgot about, like I take a note about right, it. Right, I, right. I want to see how they're playing the room before I played HQ. I went there 20 times. Like I saw the, you know, I saw Jason Weiss and you know, everybody like open there and like DJ there like 20 times before I played like, cause I wanted to see, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one, th- like you can't just walk in, you got to know how the rooms played too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, headliner sets one thing I feel like, but like the opener set, like it's a whole nother ball game, you know? And it, opener sets are not the same, you know, it depends where you're at. I feel like some, some places you can go harder on the opener set. Some play, it depends on the headliner, everything else. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how does it feel in uh, Atlantic city right now? You were talking about that earlier off camera. You were saying that it's blowing up. You think it's going to really blow up? I think so. I really do. I was a lot's changed after post pandemic. Like they're the putting a lot changed. of money into it. Yeah, like Bally's got bought out by a company. But well, what happened? Like everyone just wants to go out more. Is that what it is? Is there like an energy where people want to go out more? And then like the the impression on Atlantic City has changed, and they're trying to change it right now. I think so, but I think more. I'm more following the money. You know, I think a lot of money's getting invested in, in Atlantic City, uh-huh. and that's what I'm looking at. Like I'm looking at you know the Caesars, Harrah's, Bally's. Uh, HQ nightclub and ocean. They're all major renovations happening right now. Major right. millions and millions of dollars. Like they're putting where um, there's a, a casino called showboat, which is right in between ocean and uh, hard rock. That's all going to be a big water park and big family thing. Like they're trying to revamp the whole boardwalk. Like I'm just following the money. Like they're putting a lot of money to AC. And I just think like, you know, it just has a lot of potential. It could be like the Vegas of the East and we got a beach. Like that's our biggest competitive advantage. We got a whole fucking ocean. Like, you know what I mean? It's the one thing that you guys don't have here, you know, and like capitalizing on that and having a really dope boardwalk and a whole, you know, the beach vibe and the, you know, beach bar vibe and the, you know, HQ having a, uh, the day club, you know, and what they do there, which is really cool. Like that's like the only like Vegas style day club in AC. Mm-hmm. The fact that that exists, like I, don't, I just think I think the future's bright, personally. For AC. I really do. It's really interesting because it's like, uh, there was a time when the Borgata and AC was really like popping. I I think it was mid-2000s to late 2000s. Dusk Age. Yeah, yeah. AM, you know, and then uh, you had Mix and Murmur and Borgata. You had a club open every single night, like Murmur Mondays, Dusk Tuesdays. It was really, it was like popping. It was like, I remember there was a lot of money, like my highest rate at one point was Atlantic City. Really? It was my highest rate in like the whole country. Even more than Vegas. No shit. Yeah. My highest rate was in Atlantic City. It was like the biggest cake ever. And they would they give you like the illest treatment where I would like I would five five flew to like um like if I flew to New Philly York, or, right? Because yeah. I got family in New York, I go to New York. Mm-hmm. They would pick me up in the limo from JFK or from my in front of my fucking apartment or my building. Yeah. yeah. And then they would 
they would take me and whoever the fuck I wanted in this limo. They still do that. To AC. Yeah, they still do that shit. And it was the highest. And they gave you like a dinner comp. It was mm-hmm. like, they like it was just a whole nine yards back then. And it was the highest rate. But then somewhere, I think when they closed Murmur, everything changed. I, but I don't know if it was before then. I don't know what was going on in AC. Yeah. But when Murmur closed, this was like, because Murmur at the time I know was like one of the best clubs. And it had the best local following, I think mm-hmm. it was. Was it Sunday or they had that Monday night? That Monday night, night. that's Murmur Mondays. And then when they closed that, I feel like everything just fucking changed a little bit. Yeah, it closed like 2011, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just like everything just kind of changed a little bit after that. But uh, yeah, I'm that's that's pretty exciting. I'm I've always been wondering about AC, just because like I I talk to a lot of motherfuckers in Miami, Mm -hmm. and Miami's just waiting for gambling license to 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 pass and we're so far ahead of them too because you got to realize we just legalized weed too Mm, and you can now buy weed and recreationally in new jersey it just started 421 april 21st so i got i got like nine kinds of weed in my crib it's like the greatest thing in the whole fucking world you can literally walk yeah we're two weeks in but you can walk into a store and buy weed now in jersey and there is a dispensary right on the boardwalk so that's so that's going to change things wow. as well. That well, makes did, it a tourist how, de- destination. How are the casino hotels going to embrace that? They, well, they, you can't like, yeah. until it's federally legal because of the gaming they commission. They can't. Off, yeah. yeah, you can't do shit. You can't smoke anywhere near a casino until it's federally legal. But well, so like the biggest problem right now that even Vegas is having, or they're like they're you know, and I'm sure that a lot of the Vegas like the, the like the strip, the gambling, the hotels, and all the casinos. Yeah, they're worried about weed lounges opening up, and when weed lounges open up. Right, mm-hmm. that's going to take attendance and everyone away from the strip because they can never have a weed lounge in their establishment because, no. until it's federally legal. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there's all of these things going on where, if there's weed lounges, right? And these look, these dispensaries got money, right? Bro, do funny you mentioned that shit. I just got hit up yesterday. If I wanted a, uh, they're going to open up a weed lounge on the strip from this known uh, dispensary, and if I wanted to start DJing there. It's funny that you brought it up right now. No, that, nope, they've been I DJing love, for a high crowd. That's yeah. gonna be a whole another world. But like, we're we're not talking about like some some fucking you know some dive bar that's selling weed, like some Amsterdam bar cafe that's gonna serve weed. I'm talking like these motherfuckers, these dispensaries. They're gonna have like Drake. Or they're gonna have yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Wiz like Khalifa. A, they're like gonna a, have like Wiz Khalifa. They're gonna have like, like majors. Dre, yeah, yeah they're, they're gonna do like they're not. This is Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna do like you know like these like chingy to like, like host a, the like night a, over like there. a hookah spot. No, no. This is they're gonna do it big, and they're already talking to them, like I've talked to motherfuckers about it. Yeah, they got the money. They're yeah. ready to do they're it. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. They've got. They, they're just trying to figure out how the distri- distribution is gonna work mm-hmm. because a weed lounge can't necessarily distribute. So you got to be able to have like have the weed delivered, and you and then you consume. It's just workarounds. And then and then what what else is there? Is it food? Is yeah. It, oh, you want you have the weed. You want food, mm-hmm. and is liquor? Can liquor be involved? There's all of these, these things. You need a liquor license. You need all of these things, and you need the service to be so fast from distribute uh, from the from the dispensary to the lounge. Oh, the, I think the build, the one that they hit me up for is right next door to each other. Right. So, so they, yeah. they 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 have to find all these loopholes. To make it work, but when they make it work, is it possible that weed lounges could be bigger than than alcohol nightclubs? So at you know, first, there's going to be a big bump. So that's yeah. what I'm it's saying. It's going to be a huge. And you got to understand, it's a different. This is a longer experience. It could be a longer experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could be at a weed lounge for four hours, maybe. Yeah, for sure. You just yeah, for sure. You, you know what I'm saying? Like imagine a weed lounge day party. 
But then you, you think know? about it, like how many, like if one person smokes a blunt on the average, which would be like 20 bucks, then they have to buy a minimal of food X amount. No, no, no. It's like money. I'm on a bottle and we get to smoke weed. Yeah. And like, yo, she want edibles. Now we got the munchies. We want food. Fuck it, let's get another bottle. Let's get more blunts over here. Yeah. yeah. You could be there for fucking eight hours. Mm-hmm. And you have a DJ, then, you have then, performance. It could be like a whole... We didn't even talk just, about the edible food. We just said food, but imagine like fucking yeah. edible... I mean, you have and they all start playing types sports in there? Like a sport? Nah, it's, a, it's a wrap. Fam, it's, 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 that's what I'm saying. Is that this, gone. this is yeah. like a threat to the casinos. It, do you know what I'm saying? It's coming to weddings yeah. too. Yeah. What do we mean? There's already weed. Uh, you can have like a bud tender and stuff in like Colorado and a couple other states at weddings. I went to a private event on like that. And there, there was a bud tending shit. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And you can smoke outside and they like, instead of a cigar roller, they have like a joint roller or a blunt roller or whatever. And they, oh, that's uh, great. And they roll you shit at weddings. That's, that's going to be a whole nother vibe, man. There was a girl I'm walking around with it. a tray and it was just stacks of just blunts. Mm-hmm. And then like, you grab one and then you just spark it up. Who were we talking to? Uh, bootleg Kev? Right, oh yeah, because he's actually trying them. to push the first, uh, like what when he's ready for them to legalize shrooms, right? Yeah, he has oh, tops. It, it, yeah, so he already has like an crazy. edible. He has an edible pushing. He's like, what is it? Has he launched it yet? Yeah, it's but it's very like you could just order it from him, but it's called tops, and it's a I don't little know mushroom. It's not. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to get into that. But he's he's starting something with like he's trying to shrooms and edibles, edible shrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's already Aren't got all shrooms edible. I mean, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, gummy bear, like, shrooms or whatever the fuck. The chocolate is. joints. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. shit. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's waiting for that shit to yeah, pop Yeah, he's waiting for that. And he, and he has, like, a strong, like, hold on that market, too. Legalize it all, man. Yeah, he's, he was ready to go. He was telling us. It's interesting. So, if, if that happens in AC, I'm really curious to see what happens to that, to that city. So, because we have like uh, bungalow bars and beach bars and all these spots, and I feel like they're separate from the casino, so they're going to be able to eventually, you know, have smoking lounges and stuff like that. So you can leave the casino, stop at a smoking lounge, get high as fuck, go to the next casino. It's all going to be along the strip, man. It's going to be a big part. And then you also you're on the boardwalk, so you could definitely go to the beach and fucking yeah, it's the whole vibe. It's the greatest place to smoke weed ever. And that was just all real. We got he's fake. You're painting the picture. Everything. You're, you're setting up a vacation now, right? <laughs> he's a hit up. <laughs> yeah, Nick, I want to do a wedding with you, man. We smoke blunts on the beach. That's it. So, so Nick, your YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for a long time. How long have you been doing your YouTube channel? Uh, my channel started August 2019. 2019. That's when I started posting. And right you initially, were, you were trying to do tutorials kind of to help DJs or what was it? No, I, I started out with vlogs. I started out just vlogging my weddings and stuff. So like different like vlog type content. And Got then it. I moved to tutorials during the pandemic. Uh, I started out with tutorials originally. I used to make videos for the SE Event Group YouTube channel. Like I started doing videos because when I first got hired at SCE, you know, I went from being the best guy at my current company to the worst guy, you know, or like the bottom of the totem pole kind of thing. So like, I was like, you know, and they had all this and they crush content. They have so much like social media and like all this content and all this shit. So, you know, the only way for me to get booked up front was like, I can do tip videos now. Hopefully like the couple see the tip videos. They're like, yo, this motherfucker's talking about tips. Maybe he must know what he's doing. We'll hire him, you know? So it was almost like a ploy to get gigs. I swear to God. And so I would do these tips. So I did, I had, and I had strong opinions about certain wedding techniques and stuff like that. So I did tip videos for them at first. And they did pretty good, and I got into it, and I really liked doing the videos, and then I started my channel, you know, and then I started putting on my own channel, so. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. So then, so you, it was a slow build for your YouTube channel to build the following? Oh, yeah. There's nothing fast about YouTube, man. YouTube is a grind. Like, it, it's unreal. Like, I, it, it, it's so funny, because, like, I have over 420-something, 430-something videos on YouTube, right? right? That's how many videos on my channel right now. 
and I have 23,000 subs, I think. I got, I probably posted 25 TikToks and I got 300K. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> like, it's just the algorithm, man. It's just a grind. Wow. And, and so with, with the YouTube, right? And you're, you're juggling YouTube, TikTok, and then now you're like, you started some like uh, talk show on your YouTube as well. You're talking to DJs. Uh, and then what else are you you're doing these weddings? So you're just staying as active as possible. And then you're doing something with BeatSource. You have a playlist on there, right? I do all the wedding playlists oh, on, on BeatSource. The, yeah. cur- the, the curate, entire the curator. Yeah. Thank I, you, my brother. I, I curate like 38. I think I have 38 or 40 playlists now on BeatSource. Yeah, all, every wedding playlist is mine. Yeah, it's like wedding for the new generation, wedding for the old generation, dancing, uh, wedding and stuff like that. Yeah. It basically mirrors my crates. Like BeatSource, like all my dinner crates and my dancing crates for weddings is on BeatSource. Like so I you're, just mirror spe- them. you're specific with it. You're getting down to the nitty gritty. 100%. Like no no fluff, all bangers. Like all my lists are very specific. Like yeah, the songs crazy. that work and that's it. You know what I mean? Wow. That's yeah, crazy. I, remember I, I was doing that 50-year-old ladies party and shit? Right. I just went to BeatSource and I downloaded all his shit and I put it in the, in the locker and then I was uh, good. I appreciate you, Jamie. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> That's why I'm like, oh, thank you. They're, they're really fucking good. That's why I was actually talking to him about this. I'm like, yo, you should talk to Nevo or if you need some music. He's like, no, I'm good. And he just went to these playlists. <laughs> yeah. Shouts to Nick Spinelli. You yeah. know what I mean? Now, but they're really, really good. It's like nothing but like, no, there's no filler. And you don't know you don't know any of these songs. Some of these songs you, you don't know. And you're just playing. Them. Some of them I know, but yeah, some of them you probably know a lot of them. It's just like, oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. this. Like you don't think about it in that perspective, like yeah, or, or exactly. in that situation. That's where it really it's just a lot of light bulbs. Like you'll go through the list and be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, I gotta help you do the. Mexican. I feel like some of the '70s and '80s songs you don't have, you never heard of before. No, like I said, I don't know every fucking song in that playlist, but I've heard majority of them. That I'm like, oh, this will work. How do you feel about that, Nev? Times are changing, man. Yeah. Uh, maybe, wait, wait, maybe, not, maybe before I would have felt offended. I'd be like, Yo, you're going to get offended over you, that, you but not over the shit we spoke about you, yesterday? No, I'm just saying, you cheating. No, I said back in the days, I might have felt like, oh, you cheating. You're not doing your history. You, you're you not looking it up yourself. You, you're you looking at somebody else's um, playlist. But nowadays, it's just it's normal. It's just like, you're going to mix it your way, though. You're going to put exactly, it together yeah. your way. You're yeah. going to play oh, the songs you think a will work. I didn't the way you put it. No, I no just, and like they're not in order the way to play them. You know, they're just yeah, a list of just, songs just in this yeah. category. So like it's really. And it's really helpful, especially yeah. to a lot of newer DJs. So yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at it. It's more, you know, you, you can still get creative and mix it however you want, you know? You know, it's just they're like a resource. Cor- yeah, they're very That's good all. for corporate, too. Times are so, it's so easy nowadays. I, I, I want to break the, like, my thing is, like, I want to br- break the, the entry into DJing. Like, I, don't, I want it to be as easy as possible to become a DJ. That way, more people, because, like, I feel like there's probably so many DJs that, like, could have been the greatest DJ ever, but, like, it was so hard. Like, they didn't have the money to buy all the records or do all the shit back in the day, so they never became DJs, and they became janitors, and they would have been the GOAT, but, like, they never was you know what i mean so like i like how like technology has yeah. like allowed so many more djs to come in like people will come in and leave and quit all the time but like you know it, it just it, if you got the talent truly like it's so easy to j- jump into the market and actually become a dj and practice and figure it out like you know like we're not gonna miss out on any goats i don't know, know? I, I have a different take on it i feel like it, it be uh, because of technology i feel like trying to become a dj is is more of a secondary thing it's more of a tool to jumpstart you to become famous. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really care about DJing at all. For the tool bags. Yeah. And I think that the, I think some of the things that BeatSource does, obviously it's great. And, it, and it's like, it's great. It helps like DJs like Jamie, right? To do these things. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how much of like, 
that is retained. I don't know how much of it builds a, a, a style or anything. Like everyone's like, oh, well, everyone's going to play it differently. Like, well, are they? Like, are they really going to like care about, you know, like uh, the music and what they're doing? And they're just kind of treating it like, well, like, yeah, I could do any wedding. Like now I could do anything I want. I got the playlist. I got the hack. Mm -hmm. I end up doing it. And then it's like, I'm just kind of like, it is cheating a little bit. It's like a little bit of faking the funk, but it's, I mean, but everyone's like, but that's fine because he's getting paid and everyone's giving him the tools to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. at the same time, it's also like, but he's not retaining anything of this shit. He's but, just using it. It's I mean, like it's disposable. Like I, like I said, when we was coming up, we had to go to the record shops. We had to, we had to mean, go yeah, and buy, buy these fucking records. We had to go like research. For but sure. Now you just go online, just like, click at one click yeah. and you have all yeah, the yeah. music you need but it sets the bar higher too so like you're not gonna really excel unless you gotta be great now to excel because it, there's so much information really out you, there no, i don't think you need to you I don't know? think you need to i don't that and i think you're i think you're wrong there i don't think you need to there's a lot of djs that i know that are doing really really well and they're the most they're the most solid djs i've ever heard so like sixes yeah, they're like a solid. They're, six. they're they're super solid. They're solid, reliable. And they're six. killing and they're killing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they look the part, they act the part, and they're killing it. And I'm happy for them. I am really happy for them. But if you if they want me to tell them that they're like they're dope or they're inspirational or I think they're like some of the best DJs I've heard, I'll be like, no, you're you're solid, bro. You're like you're doing, you're following a formula that every or that a lot of DJs are following, and you know, you just have a better marketing. You just have a better look and you're playing the part a lot better than some of these other DJs. Do you think there's longevity in that though? Because, I, think, I think there is longevity depending on how desperate the person is to stay relevant and to keep, you know, to stay relevant in their industry or whatever they're doing. But like if, if the, I think desperation is, a, I think desperation is one of the strongest motivators, you know, like as I, I've never seen, a, someone in any industry if they're desperate they'll they'll do anything you know what i'm saying and they'll they'll find a way even if they're not succeeding and making money to make it seem like they are succeeding and making money yeah you feel it's an ego thing right but like do you think like you know like so if you're saying like there's so many like solid sixes out there in the club world doing their thing and like doing a good job like you don't think like if a nine came out like it wouldn't shake things up you don't think like if a 10 came out like you know what i mean you don't think that leaves opportunity for someone great to come in and be like whoa like this dude's like safe and he does plays all the right records and he's solid but like this guy blew me a fuck away like you know what i mean i think i think it's a toss-up i think certain things happen and i think it you know it really depends on the person because I think sometimes a person who's putting something into their craft, right, mm. is taking a, is putting time into it, while another person is putting that time into marketing. All right. So if I'm const constantly putting my putting time into marketing, my marketing is always going to be good, and I'm going to be a solid six. So does it matter if my marketing and my followers grow, and uh, my my likes and my views grow, right? Does it matter how I DJ if I'm always solid? Do you know what I'm saying? And I think over the past five to 10 years, I've noticed these bookers don't even really see it because all they really care about is the recap video. That's the image. So if the recap video looks good and they have enough footage that makes it look good, I would be like, yo, I was there. And the shit was eh. It was, mm -hmm. it was, it was okay. Yeah. But the video looks amazing. Yeah. The yeah. video looks amazing. I've seen that lots of times. That the video yeah. being at a uh, being at a club, and it's not that great. 
but the person that's filming it, they somehow make it look like it was packed, like it was with the best oh, party. Man. But I'm, been I'm, to I'm in saying, your life. <laughs> like that's that's marketing. Like it's yeah. a, it's a part of the game. Like I'm not mad at it. Exactly. But, yeah. but then again, like you, I'm not gonna. You tell, know what's up. You I'm know. not gonna say it's not happening. You know, like I'm yeah. I'm, I'm observing and I'm, I'm seeing shit. So. Uh -huh. I'm going to be honest about what I'm observing. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you what I'm observing. Yeah. And I'm not really sure. I'm not like, I don't really have an opinion on, I don't have an opinion on it only because I've seen worse. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, mm -hmm. it's like the lesser of all evils. Mm -hmm. I've seen way worse. So like anything that's happening like that, you know, for me, I'm just kind of looking at it like that's not that bad. So when I look at the beats or shit, mm -hmm. so just as much as I love the functionality the playlist you're creating, the ease of use, the I can, in, in, with no preparation, I can go to a wedding, right? But I can do a wedding with no prep, or little to no preparation, and get a kind of get away with it, mm -hmm. and because I'm using all of your decades of knowledge yeah. that you're providing. Do you understand what I'm saying? For thirty dollars, damn. R.I.P. Source. Like wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Jesus, no, no, bro, no. Making I'm out. No, no. Is life. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like I can get that for thirty dollars a month. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good deal. And, and it's gonna grow because now a track or a track's gonna go on there. Like Jazzy Jeff, yep. everyone's gonna go on there, and I'm gonna have all this accessibility. So then I'm gonna ask you if all of these playlists start expanding and more and more and more. Do you think? Younger DJs are going to put more into their sets. Well, and if you want to set question. yourself apart, you have to. If every DJ is playing the same shit from Beat Source, how are you going to set yourself yes, apart? Sir. I mean, right? DJs are doing the same thing anyway right now. They're playing the yeah. same shit anyway. So mm -hmm. that, that's the whole question, and that's the thing that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking of the great things, but I'm also thinking of kind of the negatives. It's just like, but that's in anything with Serato, right? There was good things and there was bad things. You know, and just like streaming, like this beats, the streaming uh, playlists and everything. There's good things and there's bad things, and I want to be acknowledge some of the bad things so that when they come up, it's not like a surprise. Yeah, like we're looking at it, we're thinking about it. I'm looking at Jamie, and normally it would have been like, "Yo, let me talk to you know, let me gather these, let me set this up, let me learn the music, let me do this," and you know, now I don't have to listen to shit. I could just go to a playlist. And just go there. I still went through his and music. Yeah, you still got to listen. And yeah, like, I still went through his I don't necessarily otherwise. do, though. I don't, like, if me, myself. Because for phrasing, like, mixing and shit in general, I, don't I mean, if you, don't, I don't, if you don't remember the song off the top of your head, you could, like, yeah. fuck up a hook. Maybe the hook's falling for four sure. bars, shit like that. But like, also, I don't need to either. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, even if you prepped, like, for a week or a couple of days, you know what I'm saying? You're still, yeah. you're still getting something literally handed to you from literally 10 to 15 years of knowledge. You know what Would I mean? Would that be the same thing when you got... No, no, no. Like if you if you came up to me and you said like I did this wedding, but I use all these playlists, and I'd be like, "Yo, that's cool," and you're like, "I killed that shit." I'm like, "Hmm, like maybe." Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, "You could have." I mean, the programming, you, and you timing, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, there's a question to me yeah. where I'm like, "Yeah, I get, I get it," but yeah, okay, you know, like maybe, like I give it to you. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you're giving everything. Like not to fail, so it's like all you have to do is kind of you have to do the the bare minimal of like oh well at least go through the songs, mm -hmm. and then at least learn how to play them and mix them. I will. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not will, shitting on you. I will. Yeah. No, I'm not <laughs> taking shit. On me. No, I'm not shitting. Because I'm not, using I, you as an example, but I'm not using you as an example. No, because you know I, I know what you mean. Because there's there's uh. It's I, like if I do a reggaeton party and I go to a reggaeton playlist. Yeah, I maybe put in three hours. 
and I have and I'm playing 12 tracks and everyone's wilding out at yeah. the end of the night I'm like yo I fucking killed that shit bro and then it's like kind of like but did you yeah. you just literally like you kind of took a job right you took the songs that were given to you and you but you know nothing about the culture mm-hmm. this, this kind of, do you understand what I'm saying and but it's that, like all right, that, that, that kind of happens Kirk when if somebody I mean it happens now I mean, I think it happened regardless any point. You never send somebody your dance hall crate because they needed some dance hall for something? Or when you used to share libraries or somebody, you gave somebody your library? No, no, yeah, but this is now everybody. So, like, it's different when I've given it to somebody. Oh, that, okay. No, no, no. Then okay. I'm saying I'm giving okay. it to somebody who's in the industry with me and I've known them for five to ten years. Mm-hmm. They, are, they should have access to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas anybody... Who's anybody can now just do, do whatever the fuck they want. I get that. I get and then saying. they can kill a party and be like, yo, like I'm I killed the cumbia party. I could do this wedding shit now. Yeah. Or I could do I could do like I know reggaeton. Like I could do this and I could do that. So it's just one of those things to me where and you know how you know how look, man, I know how motherfuckers are when they first start. And they may, you know, to motherfuckers who have never like put work in, they're they're very they're very eager to, you know, you, to brag about shit. Well, you get the you get the you get the tickle of your pickle when you get people to dance or whatever. When you first get that, you want that again. So the, the first thing rookie DJs do is they go for the easiest things to get that again. You know, if I can get a playlist, if I can get this, if I can get this pre-made right. edit segue, whatever. Like I'm gonna play this shit because that's the easiest way I can get I can tickle my pickle again. The only thing I would say about that, yeah, is weddings. When it comes to weddings, how you set yourself apart at weddings really is what you play. Like the standard at weddings, your uptown funk celebration, we are family, you know, happy by Pharrell, like that type of shit, right? Everybody plays that stuff. But when you go outside of the box, when you actually play peak hour records that you would play at a club at a wedding, when you're playing certain remixes, things like that, and you're making it work, that's what really sets you apart. And and not only does it set you apart where you can charge more money and whatever, but like it also, it takes balls to do that. And that's why most wedding DJs don't do that. Like it doesn't take balls to play a dope remix in a club. If anything, if a DJ is brand new and he's opening a club, what are the, like, I hear you guys talk about all the time, like DJs like going on, uh, they're doing open set and they drop like this crazy bomb for no reason. And they're opening sets like, you know, why would you have the balls to do that? Cause they're at a club. It's like, fuck it. So what you do at a club, you know, you would never do that at a wedding. Cause you got aunt Donna staring you in the face. Like, you know what I mean? It takes balls and a certain type of skill to get away with like peak hour club records at a wedding and when you do that correctly that truly sets you apart mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like it, it, it like it doesn't always apply to weddings that like that argument you know what i mean if you use my list on beat source and just use my list you're kind of going to be like everybody else it's like really like how you play it and like you're not gonna the, the average dj especially if you don't do a lot of weddings you're not gonna have the balls to play Me- meg the stallion at a wedding honestly like you I, know I what think, i mean like yeah. it, unless it's a super young crowd or something like it's gonna feel so, you're gonna feel some type of way about it like damn like I, I don't know if i should play this it's too hard like you know what i mean like i see it all the time for sure i i think I think my, I don't even have a concern about it. It's just the obvious observation to me that it's just, it's an easy, it's just basically, it is a cheat code, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a standard now. Mm-hmm. So if something's a standard now, it's not necessarily a cheat code. But in, in my view, it is a cheat code because it allows, it gives music and access to people who didn't earn it mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. So what he was talking about with like, Oh, what if this person asked for that? Or what? Like, if a stranger, if a new DJ came up and they said, "Can I have your crates?" You'd be like, "No, nah, <laughs> yeah." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But for BeatSource, for thirty dollars, yo, you can have it all. You can have Jazzy Jeffs. You can have whatever. And obviously, not, you're not showing everything there, but mm-hmm. you're getting them 
like you know halfway or you know you you're pushing him a little bit further to to get ahead yeah and not only that it's enabling them to be become more cocky too as well yeah because they're getting it earlier and they're not earning it so then there's no value on it so it's just one of those things was is it going to get worse where the djs will become more enabled do you know what I'm saying? No, be like, I, I see it. You're not giving it. us enough playlists. So like, yeah. well, we got to make these playlists more specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're going to so, start getting entitled, demand other shit. I'm going exactly. to cancel my membership if you don't. <laughs> like, yo, like, you're, you're actually going to make us, like, put together our own, like, we have to do what? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, like, it becomes all of these things that I don't know if that's going to happen, right? I'm just yeah. looking at human nature and I'm looking at just the, the way the industry works and how it works. Because, you you know, we, we had motherfuckers that did live mixes now. All of a sudden, you know, when Serato came out, they heard the live mix. I'm not skilled enough to do the live mix, so I'm going to make an edit yeah. that's making the mix, the live mix, yep. so I could just play that shit. You know what yep. I mean? Mm-hmm. So that back in the day, that would have been the cheat code. Mm-hmm. But now it's a standard. It's a, normal. It's, a, it's a normal thing, you know, that happens. You know what I'm saying? Transitional. Right? Yeah, so, like, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to lay it out and say, like, I see it, Yeah. and it, it could be a problem. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. But I'm not going to lie to you and say like, oh, no, no, that's just like the new, that's the future. Like, yeah. it is the future, but it's also kind of a problem. Do you yeah. feel like that for controllers that are so cheap now that anybody could just buy one? No, I think that's great. I think it's just that's that's something like, you know, that's giving someone the tools to, for shit. To practice and To learn. do shit and mm-hmm. make Especially them even someone better. Especially someone who yeah. have a lot of money and they can get a controller for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't care about that. You know, I, I think control, I think. It's the sauce. Yeah. yeah. I think the tools, I think it's just that when it comes to music, taste. Yeah. The one thing that I, I think more than anything that's most, the most important part of a DJ is being a tastemaker. Mm-hmm. A DJ has to be a tastemaker. You know what I'm saying? Like the technical, all that shit is dope and everything like that. I've heard a lot of technical DJs and they're the most, some of them are some like boring as fuck because they have no taste. Mm-hmm. They have they have no. They got skills but they know how to cut up a record. A DJ, mm-hmm. all the best DJs are tastemakers mm-hmm. to, to a certain degree. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what DJs made DJs cool like in the 90s and especially in the 2000s was the tastemaker aspect, mm-hmm. right? And when you create these playlists, you kind of eliminate that more and more and more. Just kind of like the music, mm-hmm. like with music and Spotify and playlists and a- Apple. It's like people are going to these playlists now. And, then, you know, there's, there's people searching for music and doing all that out on their own. That, that's always going to exist. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying the majority is going to be the majority. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know the... The good DJs will always use all the playlists as a resource. Like I, I, I search through Spotify, I search through Apple Music, I th- search through a beat source. Right. And I listen to each song and I pick out the ones I personally like. You know, I use my own taste. I think this is dope. I like this remix specifically, and you know. But they'll there will always be guys that use it as a crutch, and if they have but, the right marketing, it'll work. But so, I'm saying 20 you know? years ago we were deciding that. Yeah. Now we're referencing. I don't know who the fuck is deciding what songs that these people are listening to. And then we're trying to gather, we're trying to make sense of it all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm talking about, is that DJs were the tastemaker. We found the upcoming artist, right? Yeah. We found found the upcoming artist. I mean, I heard. Yeah. I mean, like in the 80s, 90s, you find the upcoming artist, you play their record, or you give them a deal, or you, or they, you know, like you give them exposure on the radio, or they, you know, they, you give them exposure at your parties, you know, and. Mm -hmm. It always started with a DJ and a rapper or something. It always started with that. And then as it got on, it's like, you know, 
that tastemaker aspect is just is, is dissipating more and more and more. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel me? Yeah. To a certain so, degree, to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just think the playlist is a great thing, but I'm kind of like, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what happens. But that being said, I, I, I think it's great what you're doing with the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it full circle. That's good that you did, uh, that you found this playlist over there. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that was his. There was just a bunch. There was a bunch of playlists, and it was some was corporate and shit like that. But I just wanted to go because I'm like, if I'm missing anything, he must have it. So you have like can... 30, 30 lists, right? Curated lists on B sorts? Yeah, yeah, I think I have like 36, 38, yeah. 40. Yeah, but it's different, all different. And it's yeah. like, just in case somebody comes up to you, requests a song, you kind of have it in the back burner too. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the reasons why I got it because it was like, a wedding is not that far off from a, from a birthday party. Mm-hmm. As far as so you have to songs. download these songs, right, Jamie? Yeah, on Beat Source, offline locker. Yeah, and then put it on the locker, and then you just have them there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't just go refer myself to that because of, you know, the lady did give me a list of what she wanted to hear, and then I had some other stuff. But yeah, it kind of it did it did help me a lot mm-hmm. in case of the song like you know Uncle Tom wanted to hear. It's just like I had it already. <laughs> I always think it's fascinating. Why you say Uncle Tom? <laughs> I, I couldn't think of another name. Never. I know you're gonna point that out. Hey, looking at me, yeah, Uncle Tom. I went. I pointed over there. Yeah, go ahead. What you say, Kirk? No, I, I think it's interesting though that he has access to DJs that have insane crates mm-hmm. for this, but he goes to Beat Source. No, but I've done. I know. <laughs> That's right. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't say that, Kirk. Because I've, I've I've hit up I've hit up Stone Rock and I've sat down with Stone Rock. And I got made a lot of crates from him, and he helped me out through yeah, a lot yeah, of shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I had that knowledge from him. But I was using his playlist as a backup of what I needed to, in case I missed a song. If it's there, just in case, loaded yeah. in there, just in I case. I wasn't like, oh, <laughs> makes like, sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Spinelli's list I'm going to play off of. No, it was just like, oh, let me go. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it just finally, like, you know, <laughs> you want to shake it up a bit. But no, I did sit down with other DJs, I mean, like Stone Rock and stuff, and he helped me out with my 80s crate. And my How come you don't ask Never? How come you ask Never, though? Right. I don't know why, why you, Never. you ask Crooked either, man? I feel like... I Well, one thing I learned about Never, and he doesn't know this shit, is when I used to uh, crash at his crib, and he used to stream, I sat there, and I would just listen to him play, and I, I got a lot of the music from him. Mm-hmm. So even listening to him, DJ, and there's times that I go listen to you... Is it a pride thing? What do you mean? Like, are you... Are you like you don't want like you don't want uh, like him to know that you don't know the music and you don't want to ask? Him oh no no, I, you know I'm okay with you not know knowing I, shit. You think I'm gonna say no? No you, <laughs> no you know I'm not out of shame of not knowing something. You know that like I'm I don't not know. I think it is a pride thing. A <laughs> no, little no, no, bit. No, no no no. Because I've I've gone to listen to him not even long ago and I was like oh shit, I didn't know X Y and Z records worked. Because you know he was doing like a more majority uh, white crowd. That so night. what is that? Why why wouldn't you ask him for music? I don't know. Curious. I don't know. I've never really like. I guess not wanting to bother him. I guess, but it's not. A, I think you got to dig uh, dig down a little deeper. No, no, I don't. Right? It's not a powerful <laughs> thing. Because you don't I, think you think I'm gonna say no? No, no, or no. I'll no. be like, Yo, don't, let, don't, guys, let, don't, don't let him get into your brain. <laughs> no, I'm just asking. No, it's not. No, a, I, I think there's something there. I think he needs to tap into himself <laughs> no, a little more. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> because I've heard, I've heard, never do a stream for four hours. Like it's two steps Sunday, and yet, yet, and yet, you won't ask him for the music. No, because I don't want to bother him. I just, I shazam. Why do you think? Why do you think you bother me though? (laughs) I don't know. It's just, you know me. Now's the time to talk about it. Oh, shut up! Now's the time. Six Six finale here, guys. Fuck out of here. Therapy session. He's used to this. He listens to the podcast (laughs) once in a while, right? You listen to this bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Nick loves this shit. This is great. 
Oh man, yo, it's it's been a pleasure having you on. So you've listened to a few episodes with us, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. And then so this you're you're technically our first wedding DJ. Yeah. Congratulations. I guess so. Thank yeah. you. It means a lot. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, you guys keep me dialed in, you know? Yeah, you, yeah. You keep me dialed in with all the things. You know? I, I think put a lot of stuff in perspective for me. So I think it's it's great how much you uh celebrate other DJs too. Like you look up like we were talking about four color Zach, and you were telling us how much you loved his set mm-hmm. and uh even the way you talk about AM and stuff like that and how he affected you and I'm and a I know, big fan I, I, of the I, culture. I, I know how you look up to AM too. Like I know you grew up during that era. I think yeah. you had like you even have like one of his T-shirts on your wall. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love AM. Yeah. Have you met ever met AM before? He died. Um, he died in two thousand nine, uh, four or five months before I turned twenty one. I never got to see him. It's the same shit, bro. I, I never fucking, got to see him. I fucking cried. Like I felt like all I wanted to do, like I wanted to turn twenty one and go to a, go to dusk and see him live. Like that's all I wanted to do. Like yeah. that killed. That was. That killed me. I was like, no fucking way. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, I, yeah. Because you got as a wedding DJ, like, he, like, he was so open format. It's just like he made everything click for me. Like, you know, and then I discovered, oh, then I discovered Spin Bad. Then I discovered, you know, and then I, I branched out. But AM was the one that, like, you know, like, I didn't even know mixing existed until, like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit, you can wait a sec. What? What? And, I, and then I just geeked out. And that's when I learned. And, you know, so. Yeah. That's crazy. I've never met a career wedding DJ. That started in the wedding DJ circuit, yeah, and then even. and but then slowly and we'll see in a few years that transition over to nightclub. Yeah, you're an anomaly. You're you're very unique. We'll see if it works. You're I'm gonna unicorn. grind this shit out. I you're got a unicorn, bro. It's it's tough, man. <laughs> it's, it's a tough stigma. It's I a fi- tough stigma to overcome. But yeah. we'll we'll see what I can do. It's a what do you call it? It just shows the change in the industry and in the times, right? Though, because like what was this 10, 15, 10, 15 years? Would you ever think you would be in this? In a position that you are in now, you know? I, I always wanted to be, but I never knew how. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I never knew how. How do you even begin to, like, get booked at a club or, like, do anything like that as mm-hmm. a wedding DJ? Like, there was no... They would laugh at you. Not to mention, I wouldn't even know how to use the equipment. You know, that was a big part of it. I, I bought... I bought my first, I used my first set of turntables in 2016. Uh, my buddy had them in the basement. This, uh, my boy Seth had them in his basement. And I was like, these are fucking, st- wow, like this is what AM's been using. Like I never even touched it. I didn't have the money to buy them, you know? So I was using virtual DJ controllers. After I, I, I it was July of 2016, I touched his turntables. August, the expo happened in AC and I bought myself a set of, my first set of turntables and uh, a DJ tech mixer with the Innovator and a Denon DS1 box. Mm-hmm. And and you know in Serato and that's when I switched over and like I and I literally learned how to relearn how to DJ on turntables like I was late like you know what I mean and but and and I almost it was so hard to learn I got so fucking pissed off I I literally almost sold them I'm like yo I can't do this shit so hard like I can't like I cannot get my mixes right and then one day it clicked and then I won't and then all I use is turntables like I won't I love it so much like I think it's so much more fun and. So much more control I still use needles everything every single gig no matter what like that's great. I just got a Rev Seven. But like that's just you know. How much do you love it? Do you love it? Fuck Rev Seven. Uh, so the Rev Seven's great. <laughs> it's great. I almost pulled the trigger and I. I bought thought it. you bought it. I was waiting for the I shit the whole time. If, if you use turntables all the time, going from a twelve-inch platter to a seven-inch platter stuff, man, and you can't drag like it's it's because it's digital. It's not uh, analog signal at all. It is digital. It's HID mode at the end of the day. So like the drag is off. Like if you, it's so sensitive, like you can't. You have to use a pitch blend to mix on it. Like I cannot mix. 
with like using my thing like like a regular turntable. Yeah, on. I heard that. That's the biggest part. Part you have to use a pitch blend. Yeah. So, so like, so when you're mixing, you know how you kind of touch the side of the dish. Yeah, you drag, you slow or, it down, or, yeah. or you pinch a nipple, that sort of shit. You yeah. can't do that on. On this Rev Seven, you have to push like the the plus or the minus pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like back in the day, the CDJs yeah. where you had to speed it up or slow it down yeah. to mix it. Yeah. That's like the easiest way to to kind of mix oh, two wow. records. Yeah. I was, I was, I was like kind of looking at it. I was like, I'm gonna pull the I'm gonna get that shit. And I was just like, you know what? And I started I, reading a little bit more. I was like, let me wait till like the second or third version, and I'll get that one. And just seven inch platters are tough to play on. Like any like um, cuts that like evolve a lot of platter movement, like a drag where you have to like bop 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 bop, or like a like a boomerang or like you know anything with like a longer platter movement. It's a it's, different motion. It's a whole nother revolution. Yeah. So you literally your beat like you could the chirps are easy on it, but stuff like that. But like it's a lot to get used to. And then it's like, do I really want to like put a lot of time in it to get used to seven inch platter and then hop on turntables and then suck? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Have to get used to turntables again. And it's like, I don't know. So I'm not like a, I'm I, any party bars that don't have a house set up. I'll bring the rev seven. Cause it's better than carrying three cases at this point. At least For I sure. have the mixer. It sounds great. The sound quality is ridiculous. It's better than a 900. It's like mm-hmm. insane. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Loud, crazy. And then you got like the duck down and all that shit. Like those mm-hmm. dope ass effects. They're fun as hell. So, Shit, but you know. yo, man, thank you for coming through, Nick. uh, Nick. Appreciate Good you, to man. Have yeah, you, man. man, flying out here. I know, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and are you are you are you married yet? I know you just got engaged. Did you have the wedding and everything? Uh, next year, next year, next year. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you, that, thank you, man. thank you. Yeah, time yeah. to not. Good to finally shout meet out to you, wifey. Man. Yeah, <laughs> you too, Good to Crooked. finally meet you, man. Thank yeah, you for man. coming, Nick Spinelli. Thank you, thank you, man. Good shit, man. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.